the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Taking a couple days off for the springtime and celebrating it. I'm biggie biggie be back. And it's good to be back. 800. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Happy tax day. Not quite. It's coming, though. Tomorrow, it's a coming. Yeah, that's not cliche. Greatest band ever. <laughs> or the uh, April thing time of this year. So that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I won't get into fights today about what is the greatest band of the year ever. Because uh, I really don't think you care about my opinion. Seven inmates dead in a maximum security incident in South Carolina. Not much you can say about that, other than things work out for some people in our country and not so much for others. And uh, it is what it is. Big headline out there today. Automobiles drive U.S. retail sales higher in March. There's a couple things that should tell you, don't panic and don't freak out. Now, some of them are more true than others, and some work well with others. But you know how we get those Friday employment numbers that I'm always, as long as unemployment's where it is, we're good. As long as first-time unemployment claims don't start spiking, we're good. And you'll see it coming. So it'll be the spikes. So as long as automobiles drive, U.S. retail sales higher in March. (laughs) Americans are spending after lying low. We do go through some periods where we... uh, you know, cut back and save, but not many. Automobiles driving U.S. retail sales higher in March. Commerce Department comes out with these numbers. They increased six-tenths of a percent for the month after an unrevised dip in February. Economists had forecast retail sales rising. Retail sales in March increased nicely. So I'm not going to say we celebrate these numbers. You know, Oprah Winfrey is one of those people that celebrates things. We celebrate being 
being a woman. I'm not going to celebrate the automobile numbers, but I'm going to look at them and go, okay, that's good enough by me. There's every reason to think the major indices are in the, we'll look at the autos and we'll look at the employment numbers and Americans are spending, you know, the economy is getting greased, so to speak, greased the wheel. And on we go for the train ride. There is a headline driver disposition out there. Um, obviously, we have a lot of headlines these days about President Trump. We've got President Putin. We've got a lot going on in Syria. But there hasn't been any major fallout from the missile strike on Syria on Friday night that was led by the United States, France, and Great Britain. The strike targeted three facilities. It drew the praise of President Trump, who claimed mission accomplished in the wake of the strike. And it drew the ire of Russian President Vladimir Putin. And there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth about what was accomplished and what wasn't accomplished. Um, a lot of you know country PR, and uh, I, I don't know. That's that's where I turn the news off. So earnings news is where I turn it back on. Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, all top first quarter expectations. Financials I I like. And um, I think their P.E. towards their growth rate is some of the most attractive in the market. Uh, Am I telling you, go all in? I'm not. I'm I'm saying banks and financials should have some weighting in a healthy portfolio. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your portfolio. That's your business. But I think in a healthy portfolio, it, it makes some sense. So all the markets are open and in the green. So we've got that going out there today. we got earnings season. Will it avert another correction? So earnings are going to be picking up, right? Because of the tax cuts? We kind of know that. We kind of assume that on some levels. Um, you build it into expectations. So Robert Schiller, he is a Yale economist. He comes out and he'll tell you a little bit about... Uh, his thoughts. He's a Nobel Prize winning economist. He believes a strong earnings season may not be adequate to keep stocks out of the red, despite two corrections since February. The Yale University professor who predicted both the dot-com bubble and late 1990s housing meltdown. Um, he thinks that you know market valuation is still overvalued. So I just went out and said, I think banks look attractive. He just came out and said, I think the market's overvalued. There's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say back and forth because that's quite wrong. Um, but everyone has an opinion out there, and he's he's pretty good. So the broader markets, will they or won't they run higher in earnings season? And for instance, sometime in a couple of weeks, we're expected to hear from Apple Computer, or Apple. They took the computer out of their name, right? Um, what are they going to do with that cash? And will that spark that stock higher? And will that spark the market higher, the sector higher? Like, there's a lot going on there. What could take us lower right now? Two or three bad days could snowball. President Trump's business-friendly stance is nice for now. His flair for connecting with some people is seen as a positive for stocks. So uh, we are paying attention to Mr. Schiller and earnings season and other highlights in the market. Trump today has accused China of currency devaluation. Days after the Treasury declines to label it a manipulator. So, 
throwing it out there. Throwing it down. I know what's good. Throwing it down. Bank of America is a stock that I like. Um, it's got some growth. They say their loans in its business segment grew 5% to $864 billion. The company also says that legislation passed last year helped drive its effective tax rate down by 9 percentage points. Revenue for its consumer banking business climbed 9% to $9 billion. Is it a stock I love? No. Is it a stock that I think is very interesting? Yes. So they have a CEO who seems to be tapping into the pulse of the markets. Strong client activity coupled with a global, global, uh, growing global market. And solid U.S. consumer activity have led to record quarterly earnings. Bank of America also said revenue for its consumer banking business climbed 9%. These are all really good numbers. When you're hearing 9% from a bank, boring old bank. Um, so we've seen some progress on Bank of America, and it's chugging a little bit higher. So uh, elsewhere out there, the big James Comey uh, tell-all book continues to be generating headlines. It makes me mildly nauseous. I think it actually makes you nauseated. So if you're nauseous, you're it's like being toxic. Alcohol is toxic. If you drink too much of it, you become intoxicated. So and that's all I have for you. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm just gonna, looking through headlines today, and they're crazy. Stormy Daniels will be in court for hearing on Trump's lawyers, Michael Cohen. A um, lot of thoughts on McDonald's. They got downgraded because last year's sales success is not the norm. So that's kind of a past performance kind of thing. It's not indicative of future results. You've seen the stock up 24% in the last 12 months. That would make me move to pause. It's more of a mid-single digit grower. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. <clears throat> like a good hook and a song. Song feels like it's got a good hook. That's all I'm gonna say. Watching the stories of the day on the market, trying to figure out business. Beauty is my business. I they make you look good in retirement, so to speak, right? Undercover author found that Amazon warehouse workers have peed in bottles over fears of being punished for taking a break. Ah! 
<laughs> I'd like a bottle of pee. Where, I wonder where I could get one. Deliver it to me in two hours or less. <clears throat> Ice cold lemonade. <clears throat> what do you think oh. of that? What's the worst you've done? Have you peed in a bottle so as to not take a break? An undercover author told The Sun that workers at the Amazon warehouse in the UK peed in bottles because they were scared of walking into a bathroom would cause them to miss targets. Big survey of Amazon workers released uh, this today found that some workers were reported feeling sick even through pregnancy and said they were penalized for not turning up or taking breaks. Amazon said it didn't recognize the allegations as an accurate portrayal of the workhouse working conditions. Company disputes the survey and said it didn't take time toilet breaks. Um, there's something to be said for just thinking about that for a second. Coworkers who go to the restroom and they're gone for a long time and they take a magazine with them. There's, there's something to be said for that, right? Or there, or is there? I don't know. I don't want to be the pee police, so to speak. Right. Right. Uh, so Facebook, where are they now that all of their children have grown up? Where are they now that they're a couple days out of Mark Zuckerberg getting in front of Congress and uh, getting asked really tough questions? All-time high on the stock is 195. And the stock fell pretty aggressively on the announcement of privacy issues to 152. Now it's recovered to 164, so it's up 5 roughly percent, right? It's making a move. How do you feel having missed it? Or did you? Is this the pause that reflects? Is this is the time to get in? Is the heat off? Are we doing stories today on Facebook? Let me take a look real quick. No. So Facebook investors want to seize a golden opportunity to force out market. Mark Zuckerberg as chairman. So here's a, a question, and again, Wall Street brings up these questions, right? A second Facebook investor wants Mark Zuckerberg out as chairman. He controls the CEO and the chairman position. It's frustrating for activist investors who watch the Cambridge Analytica scandal wipe out $60 billion of market cap over the last couple of weeks, but that was at its all-time high, and I think it's unfair to say that's our benchmark, Right? Right now is a golden opportunity for investors to gang up and call for Zuckerberg to step down as chairman so that he could have a boss, in, in theory. You know, Frank Sinatra was the chairman of the board. Should Mark Zuckerberg be the chairman and the CEO and the largest shareholder? Who does he really have to answer to? And, you know, what oversights does he have in his best interest, right? So you can hear a little bit more about that. You know, the revelation uh, at Cambridge Analytica improperly accessed millions of users' data, wiped out $60 billion. At what point in time do you have to say, dude, you got to let other people oversee this with you? So Netflix is rallying in front of, in, ahead of earnings. I watched the first three episodes of Lost in Space. Pretty fascinated by the reboot. It's one of my favorite shows as a child. Only problem when I started to watch in the fourth, I was a little bit bored. Danger, Give a couple days. Oh, and the whole new robot, Danger Earl Robinson. It's a pretty good twist. So the modernization of classics. Um, a lot of money in that. A lot of money in that. Because you get a dad who's pushing 50, and he goes, Oh, I remember when I was 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 
I loved Lost in Space. So he's going to pull that out of the hat. Netflix CFO David Wells said earlier this year that the company expects to spend a staggering $8 billion on roughly 700 new original shows in 2018. Now you start thinking about an ABC and NBC CBS. So you, you're seeing 700 new original shows in one year, right? Over at Netflix. Let's stop and think about that for a second. How much? How many TV shows are there? Right now, on one network like an ABC, you think of Big Brother or one of those shows, you're like, Big Brother and Survivor. And, and you don't start counting to 700, even when you start counting all the major guys. But Netflix hires people like Ryan Murphy. You know, he pulled out Glee and American Horror Story and others, American Crime Story. And he's done a great job. And Netflix has given him a lot of money to, to create a playground of TV content. I would say at this point in time, if your son or daughter who's run off to find themselves in Hollywood, if they can't get jobs on a TV show, it's probably about time for them to walk. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, Facebook. Back to Facebook real quick. The security that is spent on a president, we all get, right? Donald Trump flies somewhere we have to send... Air Force One, we have to send all of his limos, bulletproof Secret Service vans, things like that. I'm really lines. rich. Costs a lot of money, but Facebook spent $7 million protecting Mark Zuckerberg as he trekked all over the United States last year. How do you feel about that? If you own a company with me, let's say we own uh, XYZ Construction, you and me, we're, we're bros. Or bra. Pa bra. And, uh,. I'm running Amex. I'm using the Amex and I'm going to, on vacations. Or I'm using the Amex and getting security for it by speaking to gigs. You'd be like, hey, how much is too much? So the cost was up about 50% year over year and came as ultimately Zuckerberg flew all over the United States on a mission to visit every single state. The social network star employee spent more than $1.5 million on private jet costs. 33-year-old exec. How do you know? At one point in time, I remember Bill Gates was being asked why he didn't fly first class. He was like, I'm not the king, queen of England. But he kind of was. Anyway, I'm digressing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube oh, Rob Black Show. Just an old friend, just an old friend to me. I said hot times, just an old friend. Where investors rule. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Tell me now, old friend, oh, when you're going to let me be. Can't you feel the cold wind howling down, blowing my soul? Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
getting ready to come out about robots. Whoa. World Season 2. It's about to come out as it's a sci-fi series that focuses on robots and the way we treat them. Should we treat robots with respect? The show is going to be an interesting situation because, like I said, uh, a lot of companies like Netflix and HBO are spending a lot of money on original programming. And the storytelling is pretty great, pretty violent sometimes, but you never saw the season of uh, Breaking Bad, and if you weren't hooked after the first two episodes, I don't know what would. Or Altered Carbon, there's a lot going on. But robots, right? Robots, robots, robots. Elon Musk it says that he agrees that there's too many robots on the Model 3 production line. Robot parade. Robot parade. Elon Musk did one of those... I'm going to call it soft interviews with CBS this morning. He suggested it, that he thinks Tesla needed more people working in the factory and that automation has slowed the Model 3 production process down. So weren't robots supposed to make things faster? We did get to see a little bit into the robots and the Model 3 production. Just a little bit of video of that. That was pretty fascinating. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning. Chad? Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great. So let's talk about the small stuff in financial arena. Don't sweat the small stuff. Should you sweat the small stuff or don't sweat the small stuff? Well, yeah, and and this is really in terms of estate planning because the stuff in the middle is pretty easy to deal with. Pretty straightforward, right? What's the middle? You know, you're... Your basic wealth. Okay. If you if you have a living trust and you're titling the house the right way, your retirement accounts, your taxable accounts, your taxable accounts get titled into the name of the trust, which is still your social security number. There's no tax about for doing that. It just bypasses probate. But it's kind of the big things and the and the really little things. The big things are meaning that if you're a single person, you're over five point three four million now, you have an estate tax problem. Okay. Married, ten point six eight, right? Okay. So it's those problems and then the ones, the little ones. It's it's the things that catch in a state up for the longest period of time. Like what to do with mom's wedding ring when she passes. Keep it. Well, Pocket who, who gets to it. keep Pawn it? it. There's, there's three daughters. Who gets no. to keep it, right? How about you cut it off her dead hand and sell it? <laughs> well, Is that know, the right answer? You know the story on that one. So. I do know the story yeah, on that one. I've told that a million times between my, uh, for my aunt and my, my uh, great aunt died and my mom's sister wanted to pull the wedding ring off the finger. Who does? Who at wants death? That? Like, who, like, who wants that? The body's still warm, and they want to pull the. And she asked my mom to do it. Is, <laughs> do you think that's romantic? Because I, I clearly don't care about rings. And like, if my dad died with his college football ring on, I'd be like, eh, I'd go to the grave with him. Yeah. So do you think? See, I'm not romantic. Do you think you have to be romantic to want memorabilia like that? You do. I think there's a little bit of narcissism involved. So when I see this in families, it, it always comes back down to uh, the people that you would say, okay, that, that's kind of a narcissistic person. Maybe they're you know, on Facebook doing selfies all the time. Have you heard this whole Facebook selfie and the, the mental disorder that comes along with it? If, if you point to all the, the problems, it's usually those people that are a bit narcissistic that always believe that they had the closer relationship with mom or dad or the aunt. Those are the ones that put up the huge fights that hold up estates for years at a time for a small item. The, you know, piece of furniture, Christmas ornaments. Um, there was one where it was a, a wealthy family that liked to hunt, and it was a, uh, oh, a, some sort of a grinder that ground meat. Sausage, yeah. yeah, sausage grinder. 
um, that was a nine-month process to figure out who got that instead of just continuing to share it like they always had. And they couldn't go to Cabela's and get their own. (laughs) Exactly. But it it was passed down multiple generations, so instead of just keeping it in the family and and keeping it in one spot or transferring it from one place to the other, where they all hunt in the same place anyway, instead they no longer talk because of one stupid item. So the opposite of your story is my story is my mother, she's getting up there in age. She should be dead, but she's been living with a stroke for 15 years. Um, I was like, can I have your rocking chair and can I have your frying pan? And she said, yeah. And that, that's my estate. That's that's her estate planning with me. Yeah. And I'll let my brothers, you know, what if they want to fight over it, fight over whatever they want to fight over. Money, possessions, house. I don't want any of it. I got I got my childhood memory. My mom's frying pan. <laughs> I remember walking into my stepmother's grand my stepmother's house, in Black Butte, Oregon, and we, we went in there for our annual summer trip. And there were sticky notes all over everything, and it had a person's name on it. Oh, no. And she was she, she was getting older. Yeah, it's morbid. It was pretty morbid. Yeah. Because we were all there, and she'd kind of forgotten that she'd done it. <laughs> so there were sticky notes all over all these items. And uh, I'm like, my name's not on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Did you start writing chat and replacing sticky notes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or the one near the safe, the one on the car. It was stuff that really wasn't worth a lot anyways, but... Did we cover what we needed to cover? Well, it is the small stuff. So, you know, you can have a living trust and you deal with the bigger things, but you also have to think about the smaller things. Okay. The wedding rings, the smaller things that you can, you know, have a letter along with your will and trust. Um, me, I'm just going to say, sell everything, liquidate it, split the cash. Yeah. And that's what I think is the smart thing to do. Because mm-hmm. I've seen families destroyed over one grandfather that I know gave the granddaughter a lot, but gave his son nothing. And then gave his daughter everything, but gave the granddaughter nothing. Yeah. And they all hate each other. And, and, and keeping a track of these family items, you get families where they get a loan for a house for one daughter and then not for the son, and then those things don't get you know, written yeah. Yeah, down. And so people get angry at the end. Yeah. I've seen that one, too. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to get mom's house, but you get $200,000 now. They go off and spend that 200000 and they're bitter that they didn't get the house. Yeah. yeah. Get everything in writing and be respectful and about it. And give a lot while you're alive. You kind of get a lot of... Uh, you it, go it with feels a charitable good. angle. Yeah, feels good. Feeling good, charitable angle. What are you trying to make up for? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Fast lives? I don't know. <laughs> I think you did something in high school or college that you don't want to admit. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, with that being said, you could. that's Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a CFP. Um, check out his website. There's a lot of great downloads there, New Focus Financial. So home building, not keeping up with growth. And it's kind of crazy to think about, right? Because if you drive anywhere in the Bay Area, you see cranes and communities and construction and prefabs and condos and just everything being slapped together. You would think there is no housing shortage, but that's how long they got behind. That's how far they got behind. Playing catch up now. America's housing shortage is more wide-ranging than cloistered coastal markets um, that make the headlines that are pricey. You know, California and Massachusetts are two states that come to mind. Arizona and Utah, though, they say that they need construction. California bears half the blame for the shortage. We, the state with a mighty bear, we built 3.4 million too few units. 3.4 million too few units to keep up with job population income growth. You wonder why everyone seems to be bidding on your home or bidding on the home that you want? And there you have it. And it's been up for a long period of time. 
So builders can't keep up with the pent-up demand and the overall demand. California is certainly the poster child of what happens when you don't build enough housing and we don't fund enough affordable housing. It's going to take years and, frankly, decades to resolve the problem. And it is a problem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Volkswagen's still out there trying to make a name for themselves after their big scandal. Thank you. Not sure why we played that sound effect, but it's all good. Because with Volkswagen, it'd be in, it'd have a German accent. Like, kink. So Volkswagen's commercial vehicle unit said it's considering a full takeover of Navistar. So trying to figure its brand out at this point in time. You saw that restaurant stocks are always interesting to me. Anytime you say tax cuts and consumers and jobs. People have jobs, they go out. And as a trend, millennials have been going to restaurants more so as they want food pres- uh, prepared fresh. So what do you think about names like Sonic or Darden Restaurants or Texas Roadhouse? Have you been on a road trip doing your convoy down the road and then suddenly you see uh, the one, the only, Texas Roadhouse on the side or BJ's Restaurant? You wonder why BJ's Restaurants does as well as they do. They always seem to have a crowd, right? Uh, it's typically not for the high-end eater. It's typically not for the super low-end eater. And it's people who see themselves as, you know, better than average, but not quite, you know, filet mignon. Filet mignon. So what do you think about investing in companies like Red Robin Gourmet and Dave and & Buster's and BJ's Restaurant? For me, they're a lot like tech stocks. A lot of tech stocks should be rentals. When you're talking about true tech stocks, like... Uh, revolutionary ideas, but when you're talking about companies that you know could put out a home bod and a home watch and you know, just put crap product out there or a good product, although the home bod didn't get great reviews, but it reminds me a lot of the AirPods. When the AirPods came out, everyone was like, "Who wants those? Where are the cords? We want the cords. We don't want Bluetooth. We, do you want Bluetooth in your ear? You'll get cancer." And then they suddenly become the hottest thing for Christmas, and people are talking about how great they are. So. I'm not a big guy on restaurants because, like, a lot of snow one weekend could change their 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 sales numbers. I'm not a big guy on restaurants because at some point in time you go, you look back and you go, man, last time I ate a Texas Roadhouse, well, I just did not feel right for two or three days. Or any restaurant. Any restaurant, to be fair. I'm not going to single them out. We're not very loyal with our dollars when we get bad service or bad food. So, anyway. Uh, consistency wins all battles, and that's why companies like McDonald's uh, does so well. As an investor, I'm still focused in that way. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Credit scores 
going to likely get a little bit of a polishing this month. As starting this week, some consumers may have a higher credit score because improved standards for utilizing new and existing public records. The three major credit reporting companies are now excluding all tax liens from credit reports. That means some scores will head higher. Process can determine uh, getting credit. Your credit reporting is a big important thing in your life because the whole process of credit can determine the interest rate you will pay on your credit cards, on your car loans, on your mortgages. It's one of the things I've always said is <clears throat> mamas and daddies, when your kids go off to college, consider getting a secure credit card. In large part, it's tougher to blow up your credit score that way. And when your junior goes off to finish college and move on in his life and start his life or her life, they're going to find that credit scores are super important. Uh, do you want your kid paying 7% for a mortgage while his neighbor's paying 4.5%? It's going to have to work much, much, much harder. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. He does my mortgages. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. So, Tony, Wells Fargo, um, you as a mortgage lender, um, your job is to find one of 30 banks or one of five banks to give people $600,000 when they decide to buy a new home. And I'm sure you've worked with Wells Fargo in the past. Uh, any thoughts on a bank going back and changing terms? Like, it seems kind of... Well, there's... It seems pretty easy to do, right? With the day and age of computers? Yeah, they're saying things like, well, we're, we're never going to uh, finalize a modification until we have the paperwork signed by the, the borrower and things like that. But... Uh, you know, a class action suit like this is pretty scary because um, to even get that far, there's going to be multiple complaints, um, many, 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 many complaints. But there's no doubt that uh, you go back to 2011 and 50% of the home loans were originated by uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. And today that percentage is down to 21%. Uh, so six years later, 21%. They've lost a tremendous amount of business because of things like this. And uh, most people are saying the grass is greener on the other side, uh, working with smaller local banks or brokers. Um, and as a broker, we use what they call wholesale lending. Uh, it, it's not private lending, but it, it's lenders that are set up just to work with brokers. Um, they're they're going to be banks you've never even heard of. Uh, but they, that is their specialty. They they aren't going to dive into trying to sell you a credit card or a uh, you know, do some weird thing with a the modification. They, they they go directly to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they they are the shortcut. So brokers and and um, smaller banks are really benefiting from the, you know things like this. Where Wells Fargo, um, you know, they're going to take it on the chin again, uh, and and the, the that large bank uh, name is going to take it on the chin, and brokers and small banks are going to benefit from that. How do you feel about working with a bigger bank? I would imagine that there's pros and cons. On occasion, the a product, Wells Fargo pulled out of wholesale mortgages a, a ways back, but they still go through um, what they call banking, uh, and they they will lend their services as an investor. So they'll be basically your money, that broker's money or that lender's money, and on occasion they will offer a product that beats other products as far as pricing. Uh, the guidelines are pretty tight. Um, but uh, if you're a cookie cutter, which is really what they're looking for, uh, you know, sometimes you can benefit. 
So it is. It's on the. It's been on the table, and it'll probably stay on the table for quite a while. Well, a mortgage lender, you get to know your customers pretty well. Um, you're a friendly guy. Uh, you get to know them pretty well. And do you, when you work with a smaller lender, Wells Fargo is a huge lender. They're the King Kong of lenders. When you work with a smaller lender, do you find that the mom and pops are a little bit easier to work with to craft something towards your, yes. your client expectations? Absolutely. Okay. One hundred percent. Okay. Uh, and, and that could be everything from the way that they look at a, a guideline. Some uh, Wells Fargo will be the kind of lender that will have what they call overlays. That's where you have a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or FHA or VA USDA product, and then they'll slap on top of all of their their guidelines. Well, a lot of the, the, the main difference we're going to see with these small wholesale lenders is they're not they're going to go. We're a direct Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac lender, which means they go right off of their guidelines. So that makes a big difference when you when you pull up what they call an automated decision. You can just submit whatever's on that report instead of all of the crud that the other banks are going to overlay. Now, I would imagine the banks, the big banks, have probably better service because they've got more employees. Or like when you have, okay, so let's say I come to you and I want a mortgage, and you're like, okay, I need your proof of income, or I need proof that this hundred thousand dollar deposit in your bank account wasn't from drug money. Who gets the turnaround faster, the smaller guys or the bigger guys? Smaller guys. See, I would think the bigger guys. Huh. Is that a funny world that we live in? And that's that's probably the problem. That was poor sound effect. (laughs) Poor sound effect. I Uh, can do my own booze. Sorry. It's one of my favorite ones. (laughs) So he he, he, he makes good. Um, Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to me because I think that's where... Like, you're in an industry where we don't really need you because we could walk into a bank and get our own loans. We could walk into a bank and get our own 401ks. Or we could walk into a bank and get our own uh, car loans. But it, yet there's someone out there who can get better deals and get to know people and get to craft something more particular to them, which is... Yeah, we we would like to say in the, in the broker's brokering business that we it's not just the relationship that we build with clients, but we build it with the lenders. Um, before we even you fill an application out while you're doing the pre-qualification, I already know where your loan's going to go. Okay. That's because I do enough business where I know every single lender and what product they're going to offer and which one's going to look at your self-employed income a little bit differently. Maybe it's a, a credit issue. Are they going to, uh, we just did a transaction where somebody had a, a dispute on their credit. Wells Fargo would kill that deal until they, the dispute's gone. Well, we got it done at a different lender. So it's small things like that that can make a difference. Yeah. Where it's a 30-day instead of a 90-day kind of thing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So if you need it to rush a loan, you, you know who to go to. Absolutely. You, you need to get a loan for someone who's The like, basics still have to be there. I mean, income, credit score, assets, equity, or down payment. I'm Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. Join me and CFP Chad Burton for Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar coming up on May 3rd, 630 to 830 at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Registration is $25, but free with the code RADIO25 when you sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than 
forever. It can be hard to even know where to begin, but focusing on a few essential issues will help increase your income in retirement and your chances of enjoying a secure future. CFP Chad Burton will discuss new tax laws and how they affect your retirement, transitioning your portfolio from accumulation to income, the right accounts to draw from first social security changes, good and bad retirement products, measuring risk, protecting your estate from long-term care costs. I will discuss the economy and market trends. Michelle Lerman will explain updates for estate planning. It's the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, May 3rd, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Registration is $25, but free with the code RADIO25 when you sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.